Sable fam, how are we feeling tonight? Woo! Hey, can we get up for Jaren and the band just one more time just for leading us so well? Man, I love you, brother, bro. Thank you so much for leading with us, man. If we have not had a chance to meet, my name is Isaac, and I'm the college and young adult pastor here at First Orlando and part of our table leadership team. And tonight, this is our last week of the series, the dating series that we've been in called Green Flags. And here's why it's the last week, because if you've been paying attention, we've been saying it's a five-week series, and if you know how to count, you know this is only week four. So let me tell you why we're wrapping it up tonight, for a couple reasons. Um, one reason is we had a team just come back from Clarkson, Georgia, Dana mentioned it, and shout out our Clarkson team right here. So what they experienced in Clarkson was so powerful that in talking about it with our staff and with our leaders, like we have to share it with the table. So next week, we're going to get to hear from our Clarkson team to sh- learn about what God did in Clarkson and more relevant to you because you did not go to Clarkson. What does that mean for Orlando? And my suspicion is that what was happening in Clarkson is in the air here in Orlando and we need to talk about it. So that's why next week we're going to get to hear from the Clarkson team. If you're part of the table family and you consider yourself part of the table family, you need to be here next week to hear about what God did in Clarkson and what God wants to do in Orlando. Um, if you're a guest, if it's your first time here or first time in a long time, man, we, we love that you're here. Come connect, plug in, um, have, be part of a life group, as well as we would love for you to also be here next week so you can hear how God wants to use you here in Orlando. So either you're part of the table family or if you're a guest with us, next week is just going to be such a powerful week. That's reason number one. Reason number two is my wife is nine months pregnant. Yes, I know. Uh, on on sat, we thought we had a little bit more time, and we might. But on Saturday, um, it's like oh, things are happening. I'm like packing the bags. We're about to like drive into a hospital, uh, and we don't know like for sure. Like, am I going to be able to speak on Tuesday? We don't know. But everything kind of calmed down. I'm here tonight. But in just full honesty, it's not wise to continue scheduling me to speak <laughs> because at any moment, um, you know, my wife, I could be going to the hospital. My my, I normally don't bring my phone up here. My phone is on. It's on do not disturb, so even if you try to text me to troll me, you can't. The only person that can get through is my wife, and if she calls, we're going to bring Jaren and the team back up here, and they're going to keep singing. So, <laughs> that's, so that's what we're going to do. Um, so for those couple reasons, so that's next week. We're going to get to hear from Clarkston uh, for those couple reasons. Um, two weeks from now, we're starting a brand new series, um, and we're, gonna, going to, we're going to invite and have some of the best speakers and preachers at First Orlando. Pastor David is going to be with us in the series. Um, Pastor Danny is going to get to be with us in the series. We're going to get to hear from a lot of our pastors and some of the staff um, to get to just speak with us and be with us here at the table on Tuesday night. Um, I'm just really excited for the series starting in a couple weeks. Um, But for tonight, we're in our series, week four, or last week, and here's something you need to know about me. I love french fries. Anybody? Yeah? Okay, look at this picture. Okay, who here is already like salivating just looking at this picture of french fries? I'm like, I'm a little hungry. That looks amazing. So, uh, and I've actually come up with what I think are the top three fries in Orlando. Let me give an honorable mention to Chick-fil-A waffle fries. Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Chick-fil-A waffle fries, honorable mention. Here's uh, Best Fry in Orlando, number three. Uh, Wahlburgers on Church Street. It doesn't exist anymore, but if you went to Wahlburgers on Church Street, the fries were absolutely incredible. Okay, number two. This is a unique one. First Orlando Cafe fries. Wait for it. Wait for it. Pre-COVID. Oh, <laughs> If you were here in like 2018 and 2019, those fries were absolutely amazing. They changed the recipe in 2020. They're still pretty good, but not part of my top three anymore. 
So uh, both option number three and option number two uh, don't exist anymore. But can I tell you my favorite fry in Orlando? Okay, do you want to do a drum roll? Okay. Magic Kingdom French fries. So good. Is anybody in the food and beverage industry at Magic Kingdom? No. So I'm very like, I don't want to raise my hand. Don't single me out. That's very specific, Isaac. Uh, I love the Magic Kingdom French fries. They serve them at Cosmic Rays. They also serve them. It's not just at Magic Kingdom. They serve them at, I'm getting some reaction right here. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, where else do they serve them? Do you know? Everywhere. See, they serve them like at Epcot, at Connections Cafe. Like, I love this French fry. And here's why I'm talking about French fries. I moved here in 2018, and I, some of you were here then. Um, I was very single when I moved here. And when I first moved here, within the first few weeks, I meet this girl named Lauren. Now, Lauren and I kind of knew each other, but we didn't really interact much other than a few times here and there. Um, a year later, after I was on staff and moved here, um, I'm working for the church, working for the table. Uh, Lauren joins staff and starts working for the church at First Orlando. And now we're seeing each other in the hallway, right? And I, there was one day we're in the hallway, we're having a conversation around what is the best fry in Orlando. So after we have this conversation and I share that my favorite fry in Orlando is at Magic Kingdom, she was like, oh, okay, that's great. But then I had an idea. I was like, hey, what if I invite Lauren to go have fries with me at Magic Kingdom? So I did. So I, I texted Lauren, you know, and I invited her to go. And I said, hey, do you want to try, this is, this is uh, verbatim, do you want to try Orlando's number one fry? And she says, yes, which is a very weird ask, right? Uh, so we go out, so we go to Magic Kingdom, and honestly, it was pretty mid. True story. It was like, we were still, we barely knew each other. We're still getting to know each other. It was fine, you know, but it wasn't like fireworks and butterflies. Like, we're still getting to know each other. So about a month later, we go to Axum Coffee in downtown Warner Garden. Anybody been to Axum Coffee, downtown Warner Garden? Okay. It's, it's a, I'm, gonna be send, I'm going to be saying a lot of locations, and in part, because I want to give you date ideas. Okay, so Axum Coffee in downtown Winter Garden, great spot. So Lauren and I go there, um, and whenever we're, when we're there, it, we're still getting to know each other. It was a great conversation. We have coffee. Uh, we leave. Um, then months go by, and nothing happens. Why? Because, it's on your screen here, the right person at the wrong time is the wrong person. The right person at the wrong time is the wrong person. For whatever reason, and there were reasons both in my life and her life, it was just, spoiler, Lauren's my wife. Okay. Uh, there, there were reasons, um, but that was just the wrong time for us, right? And it was the right person, just the wrong time. So at the time, it was the wrong person. You know, tonight we're talking about dating, and here's the question we're answering tonight. How do I know if they're the one? How do I know if they're the one? Now, as I answer this question, some people will say, and it's bless their hearts, it's so unhelpful, they'll say, when you know, you know, right? Which is like the worst answer. That's such a non-answer. What do you mean when you know, you know? That makes no sense, right? Other people may say, and maybe you've even heard it said, um, there's no such thing as the one. You guys heard that one? There's no such thing as the one. So we're going to address both of those things. And for the next 20 minutes, here's what we're going to do. Is we're going to answer this question, how do I know if they're the one? And we're going to look, revisit phases of modern relationships that we learned about last week. Um, we're going to look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. So you have your Bibles that will be on the screen here in a few minutes. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And then we're going to finish our time looking at the five things to look for in dating to find the one, regardless if you subscribe to this idea of the one. All right. So um, are you guys cool? Can we do that? You guys with me? Yeah. You guys tracking with me? I wish we had the green flags. It's okay. Is that okay? Can we? Okay. 
Okay, it's cool, it's cool. All right, we had, if you weren't here a few weeks ago, we had green flags, and we don't have them this week. That's on me. Okay, not y'all. Okay. Um, uh, so we're going to, I want us to relook at the phases of modern relationships, and it's on your screen here. We learned this last week. And in the Bible, there are two primary categories of relationships, and both are equal, and both are amazing, and both are gifts from God, and both God calls us to marriage, or God calls us to singleness. But what I want to do this week is not just talk about exactly what we talked about last week. Um, I want to bring even more clarity to what we learned last week. So if I can bring a little bit more clarity to singleness and marriage, it's this. Singleness exists for width. You get to go really wide. You get to go really fast, right? Whenever, if you want to go somewhere, you ask yourself, self, yes. Do I want to go there? Yes. And you go. When you're married, and if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. It's slow. Hey, uh, do we want to go there? Ooh, let's check the calendar. Okay. Uh, okay, well, I don't know if the kids works. Okay, it's just things are a lot slower. Now, I'll say when you're married, there's such a depth, there's such a powerful step. So the steps become much slower, but the steps become so much more powerful whenever you do step um, in marriage. So singleness is amazing. You can go fast, you can go wide. Marriage is amazing. You can go slow and you can go really deep with one person and one family unit, right? So biblically as well, there's a third category. And this third category is this, it's engagement. And engagement exists for preparation. What are you preparing? Well, you're preparing to get married, right? You got to figure out how to join your life together, how to, how to join bank accounts, right? How do you start scheduling things, planning a wedding, right? There's a lot of preparation that goes in in the engagement season. Okay, well, last week we talked all about first dates. And if I can bring even more clarity to last week, um, it would be this. First dates is all about discovery, so what are we discovering? Well, we're discovering what you need and what you want. You're discovering how you need to grow and change. See, what we talked about last week is the purpose of first dates is not to figure out if someone's marriage material. You can do that later. But the primary purpose of first dates and is discovering, learning, getting to know lots of different types of people and getting to know yourself and what you need because what you think you need may not be what you actually need. And getting to know different types of people is helpful in the discovery phase Yes, getting to know other people, but also learning more about yourself and processing with yourself. See, for me, throughout my 20s, um, I was a serial uh, dater in the sense that I, would, I was neglecting discovery when I was going on first dates. My sole purpose of going on first dates or not going on first dates um, was to uh, figure out if I wanted to marry that person or not. And I was neglecting getting to know lots of great people and ultimately discovering what I actually needed. So whenever I was able to free myself from, when I was a fr free myself and actually consider first dates primarily as discovery, um, it was incredibly helpful. Um, if you want uh, 45 minutes more on that, check out last week's message. Okay. Uh, so if first dates exist for discovery, well, we're, here's what we're talking about tonight. Well, what about exclusive dating? What's the purpose of exclusive dating? Well, it's this. Well, let me define exclusive dating. Exclusive dating, um, it's not too complicated. It's when you're exclusive with someone, right? And maybe you might label it. You may call each other boyfriend or girlfriend, right? Um, and there's an honoring of each other and a labels that go in with this exclusivity. When you're exclusive, you're not going on first dates with other people. That'd be awful, right? When you're exclusive, it's incredibly honoring to the, the relationship, the exclusive relationship that you're in. So I want us to look at Romans chapter 12 to really understand more about exclusive dating um, or the implications of Romans 12 and exclusive dating. It's this, Romans 12. Do not be conformed to this world, 
but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, right? He's saying, hey, don't be conformed to this world, right? There was a way, let's, I want to apply this to dating. There was a way that you used to think about dating and maybe the way that you thought about dating was not helpful. So you need to not be conformed to how this world talks about dating. We talked about this last week, of hookup culture and purity culture. It's, but be transformed and we need to renew our mind, which is what we're trying to do in the series. And we'll keep going. That by, here's this word. What's this word, y'all? Testing. Y'all are good. Good job. Y'all are testing that you may, what's this next word? Discern what is, what's this phrase right here? The will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. So here's what we're trying to figure out. And this is typically what we ask is what's God's will for my life? And really it's like, where am I going to live? And also who am I going to marry? That's a huge part of God's will. So the way that we determine God's will, it says here in the text, is that by testing and discerning what is the will of God. So whenever we apply that to exclusive dating, here's what exclusive dating is for. Exclusive dating is for evaluation. First dates are for discovery. Exclusive dating is very different. Exclusive dating is for evaluation, right? I love this quote by Ben Stewart. He says this. He says, exclusive, excuse me, exclusive dating is not a status to dwell in, but a process to move through. It is a series of actions meant to lead us to a particular end, discerning whether or not we are meant to marry a particular person. Exclusive dating exists for evaluation. Okay, so if, if, exclusive dating exists for evaluation. Well, what are you evaluating? And it's this. You're evaluating, do I want to marry this person? Right? Can we go to the next slide, the chart here? Look, see, first dates, the question is, um, who do I go on first dates with? And we talked about this last week, and I would encourage you to consider possibly more people than you're currently considering going on first dates with. Why? Because you're discovering, you're learning more about yourself and learning about other people, right? So the the standard for first dates is pretty lower than where we have it. But but here's what I want to do. I want to elevate the standard of exclusivity. I would love for us at the table to get to go on lots of first dates and get to know lots of different types of people. And I would love for us to raise our standard if we're going to become exclusive with somebody. Because the question to enter into exclusivity is this. Do I want to evaluate marriage with this person? Not do I want to have fun with this person, although that happens. Not do I just want to have a good time, although that happens. You know, not, you know, do I, oh, we just kind of like ended up, I think we're exclusive. I don't know. And that's what ends to really messy situations. And here's what I see all the time too, is we will end up in exclusive relationships with somebody without even realizing that we're exclusive with them. The reason you know is whenever um, you're talking with them, right? And then, or maybe more so this, they see you talking to someone else, and then you feel weird about as they see you talking to somebody else. If, there, if there's even an element of weirdness as you're talking to different types of people, you're exclusive, and now you have to break up. And it's really awkward to break up with somebody that you're not even officially dating. It's really awkward. But it happens. Why? Like, man, I've, I see this often, right, when I meet with some of you. It's like, hey, I think you're actually, like, dating without, like, calling it that you're dating, but y'all hang out all the time. Um, you kind of get weird if y'all talking to other people. Uh, I think y'all are exclusively dating, and it seems like this isn't a healthy relationship, so you should probably break up. But we were dating in the first place. Like, I know, that's what makes it even more awkward, right? 
So I want us to raise the standard of who we enter into exclusivity with and by asking, do I want to evaluate marriage with this person that I'm becoming exclusive with, right, that I'm spending a lot of time with? So for me and Lauren, you know, we were becoming friends, um, you know, but we hadn't hung out one-on-one in a few months. Uh, You know, we had gone to Disney, um, you know, and it was fine. We went to Axum Coffee, and we were still getting to know each other. Um, You know, but we work together. Um, We're still getting to see each other here um, around the office. And then she asks me out, y'all. I know. She says, hey, she sends me a text. She says, hey, Um, and it was quiet ask out. It was more of like a friend hangout um, than it was official date. But she said, hey, um, I would love to catch up on life and ministry. I'm like, great. That sounds amazing. I would love to, too. So we go to Black Bean Deli. We had a great conversation. Um, Nothing happens other than just being friends. A month later, um, we go to, and this is January of 2020, um, we go to Bar Taco and Dr. Phillips. You guys been to Bar Taco? Okay, it is incredible. You should go to Bar Taco, really good tacos. So we go to Bar Taco, and at this point, Lauren and I, we're single, you know, we're, um, and we're getting to know different types of people in our singleness, um, and we're, we're in, Lauren, in our singleness, Lauren is now becoming a really safe Christian friend right? So we start seeing each other a lot more, and now we're serving at the table together, and I'm seeing her every week, and I'm seeing her often, and we're doing ministry together. Um, eventually, we find ourselves at Santiago's, which is like a Spanish tapas place. You guys know about Santiago's? A few people? Okay. Some people like know every restaurant in Orlando. This is great. And some of you are like, I know none of these places, right? Um, so we find ourselves at Santiago's, which is a Spanish tapas place, and uh, the bill comes. And I tell Lauren, hey, we're friends, right? And she says, yes. I was like, okay, cool. Hey, um, I actually would be curious if we wanted to add dating to our friendship. Is that something that you would be interested in? And she said, yes. Yes, I would. And I said, great, I'll pay. (laughs) (laughs) I was uh, planning on paying no matter what, but I was glad that she confirmed that it was a date. Um, So that was our first, so we called that, even though we hung out, we called that's our first official date. So we go on a few more dates, first dates of discovery, and then COVID happens. So COVID happens, and now, you know, stay at home, and there was, like, the family and friends thing. I was exercising that a lot, like, being on the road uh, during COVID. Um, And because Lauren and I decided, and we kind of forced us to decide, hey, do we actually, do we want to be exclusive, right, after three dates? Do we want to be exclusive? And we said, yes, yes, we do. Um, Do we want to evaluate marriage together? Yes, yes, we do. So there, during COVID, during quarantine, Lauren and I are um, exclusively dating and um, are, are safe Christian friends friends knew and we were able to bring people in, but we started evaluating if we wanted to get married uh, to each other. And for some of you, like after asking, do I want to evaluate marriage with someone um, and, move, and also move into exclusive dating, after you answer that question and now you're solidly in the exclusive dating phase, um, here's what I want to wrap, here's what I want to, for the rest of our time, um, I want to give us the five C's of evaluation. Here are the five C's to determine um, as you are evaluating God's will for your life in regards to romantic relationships. I want to give you the five C's. Uh, C number one is this. It's character. Do they have godly character? As you think through character, I love to think through fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Are they a person that has godly character, right? Do they have the fruit of the Spirit? Here's a major red flag, and you've guys seen this. Whenever people are like, he's such a good guy, you just have to get to know him. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. If you have to convince people that somebody's a good person, they are not a good person. 
because you, you lead your character, right? So you can determine, honestly, it doesn't, and some of you are like way more quick than other people. For me, I tend to be more trusting. Most pastors, tend to, not every pastor, but most pastors and people I can help services just tend to be more trusting. I'm more of a trusting person. Um, other people are not trusting at all. And you know, within like 0.3 seconds, if somebody has good character or not. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I heard it. Yep. See, good character is essential in evaluation. If they do not have good character, if you're also, if you're having to apologize for them after the fact, right? So imagine you're dating, like dating a girl and like after the fact, like um, you have to apologize for her, like on her behalf afterwards. It doesn't, it's not a good situation. And you think it's cute in dating. One, it's not cute in dating. And number two, it's even worse in marriage because on dating, you're on your best behavior. So imagine whenever you're not longer on your best behavior, it gets even worse. Character number one, character is essential. Number two, chemistry. Chemistry, right? You want, as you're evaluating, you want fun, easy chemistry. You want to enjoy talking to each other, right? Um, now, I, uh, you can kind of raise your hand. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, who here thinks that attraction is important? It's like, I'm in, okay. Oh, I love it, the honesty, yeah. Yep. Hey, my, my, hand would, my hand would raise too, but here's how I'll reframe it. I'll reframe it as beauty. As you consider chemistry with someone, it is so helpful um, if you think of them as a holistic, beautiful person, which yes, includes, includes physical, physical um, beauty, but as well as a holistic beauty of a person. Because why? Because the person that you're dating wants to be, know that you think of them as a beautiful if, they don't think, if, they, if you don't think of them as beautiful, don't date, don't date them for your sake and for their sake, right? The person that you're dating wants to be, know that you think of them as such a holistic, beautiful person that, yes, includes um, physicalness, but includes the holistic being as well, right? So 100% attraction. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So who you may determine as beautiful, someone else may not, and that's okay, because two people that get married will, and both of them may find each other both of them will find each other beautiful, and that's amazing. And then whoever, if God is calling you to marriage, um, God will call you and them beautiful together. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. Okay, so yes, uh, beauty is incredibly important. Attraction is important. Um, here's a major red flag with chemistry. Um, you're unhappy when you're with them. Are you have you guys? I can't recommend The Office, but it is in The Office, <laughs> right? Where Michael Scott is dating Jan, uh, and then like he's at a dinner. Um, and then he's like listing all these things that I definitely will not say right now. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then he's like reading his list and then he's like, and I'm, I'm unhappy when I'm with her. And then he continues and they're like, wait, go back. What did you say? He said, I'm unhappy when I'm with her. And they're like, hey, is it possible that she's not a good person to date if you're unhappy when you're with her, right? As he's listing all these other attributes like about her. And I think that we do that where for whatever reason, we'll convince ourselves that there's more chemistry in a relationship than there actually is. Maybe because we don't want to be alone and be lonely. Maybe because we vision like the good life and what they can give for us and provide for us. Maybe we like just like how they make us look whenever we're with them, right? For whatever reason, we'll convince ourselves that there's more chemistry than there actually is. Does this make sense? Okay, so as we think through chemistry, do you enjoy talking to each other? Do you enjoy being around each other, right? Chemistry, number two. Number three is this, is competency. Are they competent at life, right? And I'll ask it this way. How much are they relying on their parents? Uh-oh. Oof. How much are they relying on their parents, right? Are they paying rent? Are they paying rent? Do they know how to pay rent? Can they pay rent, right? 
Even better, this is nobody here, like afford a mortgage? Uh-oh, no, <laughs> no way, right? Paying rent's good though. Do they have a steady job? There's one story that I heard where there was a, um, a, gir- um, a girl that was dating this guy and he was meeting her dad to say, hey, I think we want to get married. And here's what the dad did. The dad asked for two years of tax returns. <laughs> Why? Not to see, like, not that there was a certain level that he needed to make, not because it was any money issue, it was a responsibility issue. Are you responsible enough to file taxes? Y'all, this is a real thing, y'all. The IRS does not play around and you don't want your spouse in jail. This is very important. Do they, do they have a steady job? Are they diligent in their schoolwork, right? Are they giving their best to whatever they're doing? Are they moving forward in life? Y'all, please, as you think through evaluation, you need to be with a competent person and stop making excuses for why they're not competent. And stop making excuses for yourself and why you're allowing yourself to be with an incompetent person, right? Will you trust this person in an emergency to make decisions for you? Oh, uh, okay, you guys know of the wheel at Icon Park. It used to be called the Orlando Eye, but it's called the wheel at Icon Park. When you drive on I-4, it's like that big 400-foot wheel. Have you guys seen this? Okay. I want you to imagine, this is a hypothetical situation. Um, I want you to imagine that you're there and you get on the wheel for the first time. And you didn't know this, but whenever you get up to 400 feet, you pass out. Right? And you're just like scared of heights and just weird things happen and you just pass out. And some of you are like, I can, that's not hard to imagine. That's happened, Right? So you get to 400 feet at the top of the the, the wheel and you pass out, but you're with the person that you're dating. Do you trust them to make important medical decisions for you on your behalf? Get some head nods over here. Whenever you're passed out, y'all, this is important because it's so real. Some of us, we're dating people and we don't really trust them to make important decisions on our behalf. Why? Because we don't think they're competent and we think they're going to make bad decisions for us. Um, And are they going to call emergency for us? Um, Will they take take us to the hospital. Some of you are really weird at the hospital, but they know that about you, so they just take you home, right? Uh, do, do they do whatever they need to do to get you to safety? You need a life partner you trust to make major life decisions, both for you on your behalf, as well as, this is marriage, with you together. In marriage, it's a partnership. Do you have a competent life partner that you can make major life decisions around? Here's a major red flag, as whenever like, man, They're an idiot, but they're my idiot, right? (laughs) Don't marry an idiot. Just don't do it. Marry somebody who's, you know what's even better is whenever you marry somebody who's not an idiot. It's great, right? Number four is this. Number four is this. Committed boundaries. Committed boundaries. Now, I could say a lot about boundaries. Um, Entire books and series of books have been written by boundaries. Shout out Dr. Henry Cloud. there are, but specifically in boundaries, just for the sake of time for tonight, and because I want to be the most helpful, physical boundaries. Or maybe said another way, physical romance. Or maybe said another way, sex or sexual activity, right? And this is our, the, the starting position as Christians. This is the, the Christian sexual ethic for Christians is this. Sex is amazing in the context of marriage between husband and wife and incredibly messy and damaging and destructive outside of marriage. 
Now, um, I'm not going to talk more about that. If you want to learn more about that and why Christians believe that, and if you don't believe that, why Christians say that, but you want to learn more, um, we did a whole message on sex earlier this year. You can go on YouTube or go on a podcast. The name of the message is called Connecting Your Body and Your Soul. If you want to learn more about that on why that's the Christian position, I encourage you to check it out. Um, but for most of us, we, we know that. And we know that before marriage, we know, we know that before marriage and dating, there's no sex. We, we know this. But there's a lot you can do before sex, right? So what's the question? You've heard this. How far is too far? Have you heard this question? How far is too far? Now, whenever some ask the question, they will shame you for even asking the question. Like, you're asking the wrong question. You shouldn't even be asking the question. Your heart's in the wrong place. Look, I'm practical. I think it's a fine question, right? You want, you want to know. That's cool. We're here to help. Um, let me ask it another way, though. And I'm, I'm not shaming us for asking the question. Let me ask it another way. What's an appropriate level of physical affection to show your significant other? Is that a fair question? Okay, what's an appropriate level of physical affection to show your significant other? And the best way that I've heard it said is this. If your body is preparing itself for sex, it's time to slow down. If your body is preparing itself for sex, it's time to slow down. Do you guys understand what that means? If your body is preparing itself for sex. Okay, do I need to get more explicit and graphic? No. Okay. You guys know what that means, your body preparing itself for sex. Cool. If you don't know what that means, you have nothing to worry about, you're fine. So, uh, so, so here's what you want to do in uh, committed boundaries is this, is you want to talk beforehand and get on the same page around what boundaries and the appropriateness level of physical affection is appropriate in the context of your relationship, right? There's an old TV show called Everybody Loves Raymond. Anybody familiar with that show? Okay, a few. Okay. So in the show, there's a married couple. Um, the wife's name is Deborah, and Deborah passionately kisses the main character, uh, Ray or Raymond. She passionately kisses him, right? So then he's like, what are you doing to me here? Like, you're, you're killing me. And she's like, why? Like, why can't I kiss you? And he's like, my parents are about to come over. You're activating the launch sequence. <laughs> you can't kiss me like that, right? So I say that to say, one, did Isaac say that from stage? Yes, I did. Two, uh, there's a difference. The reason I mention that is because there's a difference between showing physical affection and, as Ray says, activating the launch sequence. There's a difference, right? So here's what you need to do. In a committed relationship, you need to get, and with committed boundaries, you need to get on the same page to figure out um, what metaphorically and literally activating the launch sequence goes into it, right? Maybe it's just like whenever you're, um, you know, anything after 10 p.m., you just know for yourself, anything after 10 p.m. just doesn't work for me. I'm gonna, it gets late at night. My, my engine starts revving up. It's hard to control it from then on. So what do you do? You leave before 10 p.m. It's easy. Um, or maybe you're like, hey, anytime we go horizontal on the couch or man, anytime we're in bed or other places, like it's, it's game over. Like the engines just start getting revved up where I can't control myself anymore. Right. Um, or maybe it's even just like, hey, even just making out, like whenever we just start kissing passionately, like it immediately just activates launch sequence in me. So now I need to, I just, it's really hard to stop. Here's the, if you have committed boundaries, um, and you, I can identify and get on the same page for what the um, things are that rev up your engines, the best thing to do is to not even start the engines in the first place. Does this make sense? 
Now, it's in, but I'm, there's, no, there's no list of like, here are the 10 things you can't do because it's different for everybody. Some people can make out and it's fine. It doesn't do anything with them, right? And they can make out and fine and go home and nothing happens. For other people, you can't, right? Other people, it's like, man, anytime we're like blanket over us, like I'm done. But some people are like, it's fine. It doesn't matter. So that's why it's important to do a couple things. One is as you're starting an exclusive dating relationship is get on the same page around what your boundaries need to be and yes, you may mess up, right? And you ask for forgiveness and you apologize and you re-clarify your boundaries so it doesn't happen again. Um, if you know that every time y'all are home together on the couch, you're making out and it goes way further, then you don't get on the couch or don't stay home together, right? And you figure out what it is as you learn, in, as you learn more about our imperfect selves. Um, and this is not an excuse to go forward, right? As your re- engines start revving up, try to tame them down. I'm saying, hey, it's a million times easier to not even rev up the engines in the first place. Does this make sense? So the question is, um, now what's an appropriate level of physical romance can I still have physical romance? Yes, look, I'm not a saving kissing before marriage. That's not me, right? I think there's incredibly um, appropriate levels of, of kissing or handholding or cuddling or whatever is, is appropriate that doesn't rev up the engines in a place to now you're no longer in the safety zone. Now you're well into the danger zone. Is this clear? Does this make sense? Okay, I'm getting a few head nods. This is good. Um, the thing too as well is um, getting on the same page with boundaries when it comes to sleeping arrangements. What do I mean by this? I mean um, staying the night, and I mean traveling together. Because when, for whatever reason, um, whenever we stay the night, now there's exceptions if like parents are there, like if you're traveling and like you're going like in their parents' home and the parents are there, or like I love this when this happens, like a group of friends goes and travels together. I think that's great, right? And you know, there's a guy's room and there's a girl's room. I think that's great. Um, it's whenever no one else is around and you're traveling somewhere and it's like, oh no, we weren't able to make it one night. We have to stay the night. Oh no, we can't afford two hotel rooms. We got to have one hotel room. Oh no, they only had a king size bed. Whoops. Right? And then you'll end up making way more mistakes than you would have if you just would have committed the boundary of we are not traveling together in the sense that's going to cause us to stay. I'm not against traveling, but not in the sense of like we are not um, we are not traveling together where it's going to put us in really difficult situations where no one else is around and it gets overnight. Does this make sense? Okay, I say this out of love because I love you and I want to see you flourish, right? Because if you want to experience wholeness and joy, you want to include your safe Christian friends about the boundaries you have set in your relationships, right? So I'm not saying this to tie you down. I'm saying this because so much guilt and shame comes from whenever um, um, we don't honor the boundaries that we had set. So I'm saying, hey, as you start an exclusive dating relationship, get really clear on the boundaries that you want set and then and be really clear with your partner, and then also be really clear with your safe Christian friends on what your boundaries are so um, they can journey with you. Now, you, you um, I don't want to, uh, it's going to be difficult, and we're broken, imperfect people, and there's grace, and there's forgiveness, and tonight is a brand new night in order to start a new thing with somebody that you're dating, if you're dating someone, as well as having the knowledge of what to do if you start a new dating relationship, right? But here's a major red flag, is whenever you're with someone, and they keep pushing the boundary that y'all agreed to and had set. When y'all said, hey, this is the boundary, this is what is permissible, this is what's appropriate, and they just keep pushing and pushing 
and pushing and pushing and pushing. Red flag, that's an unsafe person when you're not committed to um, upholding the boundaries. As well as another major red flag is whenever you omit details about your physical romance to your Christian friends. When you start omitting details, right? Like, oh, yeah, you know, I went over and, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, we kissed a little bit. And, yeah, okay. don't ask me any more questions because I don't want to lie, but also don't want you to ask me, right? We just start omitting details around that. It's another red flag. And, y'all, I know this, this is part of my story. There's grace. There's forgiveness. There's no shame. There's no condemnation. I'm saying today is the day to start a new journey where God wants to do something new in you. God wants to do something new in your relationship. And I want to feel the grace from God and feel the freedom to start something new that God wants to do in our life to where we don't have to feel condemnation and shame. Even as I'm talking about this right now, and even as your, your thoughts are going in your head, there's grace, there's forgiveness, and there's a new day in Jesus. Now, as I said before, I think it's perfectly appropriate. There's perfectly appropriate levels of, of hand-holding, you know, kissing, cuddling, and um, your Christian community and your partner, y'all figure out what that is. But for me, man, when I was dating Lauren, um, I had my mentor, one of my mentors, um, at 9 p.m., Every single night, he would text me, and he would say, go to sleep, right? Because he knew that I was with Lauren, um, and uh, it was, and Lauren had agreed that I would leave by 10 p.m., so at 9 p.m., he's like, hey, man, don't be doing anything dumb, go to sleep, right? And that was just a metaphor for um, maintain your sexual integrity, okay? So every night, go to sleep, next 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 night, go to sleep. The night of my wedding, 9 p.m. comes, and he texts me, don't go to sleep, right? <laughs> And on that note, number five is this. Community buy-in is this. This is huge. Community buy-in. Do your friends buy in to your relationship, right? Do, do they see you as a safe person, a safe, safe person following Jesus? Do they see the person that you're with as a safe person following Jesus? Do they get excited about y'all's relationship? Are they excited? You know, are they, are they buying in? They're like, man, if you were a stock, I would invest in you. Like, I, 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 be, I believe in this, this company, right? I believe in this future marriage, right? Are they buying into your relationship, right? Here's a major red flag is whenever you're like, nobody understands the love that we have, right? Yes, we do. You're the one that doesn't understand how foolish you are um, if you think that nobody else has ever experienced love or strong romantic feelings, right? So it's a major red flag on yourself, your red flag on yourself, if you feel like, man, nobody understands us. No, here, here's what happens. Now, a really good friend of mine, um, he was um, dating this, exclusively dating this girl. You know, they were considering marriage, and he was asking people around that. Um, and he, then he comes and he asks me about it. And he's like, hey, man, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, thinking of getting married. Like, what do you think, dude? I'm like, hey, man, well, here's, here's my question. Um, do you know her weakness to every level? And does she know your weakness to every level? And not that you need to tell me what it is, um, but do you acknowledge each other's weaknesses? And then do you, like, do you love each other and being able to see the brokenness with specificity that's in each other's lives, right? Because this is a huge part of marriage, right? So that's what I asked him. And his response to me was, man, I don't know why everyone keeps asking me that. What's going on? Community that's around sees this relationship and has concern, right? Not necessarily a, a red flag, but a major yellow, orangey flag. Hey, man, like, are you aware? This is what's going on. We see something. So if everyone around you is saying the same thing, 
Or if you don't even want to show up to places and because you fear that people are going to disapprove of the person that you're with, I would, and this is why it's so important to start with safe Christian friends, because your safe Christian friends want you to have community. They want you to be in a dating relationship, right? If you desire marriage, your safe Christian friends want you to get married. So if you're with somebody and you can't bring them around, your safe Christian friends Here's what's going to happen. Either the person, we, and the re- I'm passionate about this. I see this at the table all the time. I see people coming to the table. I see people, and let's be honest, one of the underlying reasons we're here is yes to make friends, and also it would be amazing, and I think it would be amazing too, whenever people start in a really healthy way, going on first dates with each other, finding each other, and then what happens? Two people will start dating, and then they disappear. And we never see them again. Until sometimes a year later, a year later, they'll come back, right? Um, and they'll say, hey, you know, yeah, it didn't work out. Hey, but I'm back, right? And now if that's, if that's you, like one, I'm, I, love, I love getting to journey with you. And I'm saying this because I care about you. And I want to be able to journey with you. And also, even before an exclusive relationship, do you know how difficult it is to sell somebody that you don't think that the person they're dating is healthy? If you guys ever have tried to do this or experienced this, it's almost like losing the friendship. So what do we do? So we mince our words. We don't say anything. We just allow people to be with somebody that we just don't think is for their best and helping them flourish, and we don't say anything. Why? Because it takes an insane amount of trust capital to be able to tell somebody that you don't think that the person they're dating is good for them while also maintaining that friendship. It's incredibly difficult. So here's why I'm saying this right now is because for most of us are single in the room and I want to tell you before you even start considering someone, knowing in the back of their mind, if your community does not buy in to the person that you're dating, it is not a good relationship. If they are breaking you between your friendships, that is not a good relationship, right? The best relationships are the ones where it's so healthy and you have your community rallying around you that loves you and gets to know the person um, that you're with in that way. Okay, so community buy-in is so important, right? And now you may ask, hey, well, what if different people are saying different things, right? What, I have some people over here that are buying in, some people over here that seem to have concern. Um, what if different people are saying different things? And I'll say this, um, who are the most spiritually mature, healthy people you know, and what are they saying about your relationship? Who are the most spiritually mature, healthy people you know, and what are they saying about your relationship? Because I guarantee, almost guarantee you, I can't promise this, but I almost guarantee you that the most spiritually mature, healthy people you know that look the, mo- the most like Jesus, I bet you they're all saying the same thing about your relationship and are really encouraging you, like, this is amazing, like, why are you guys getting engaged yet? Come on, bro, like, buy that ring, dude. Come on, let's get on this, right? Or they're like, hey, um, I just, I just have, cons- I have some concern here, right? Or, hey, I just don't think, I don't think this is going to be good for you. So as we're evaluating, those are the five things we want to use to evaluate is um, are the, the five things, and really it's this. Um, are you moving toward marriage or are you moving toward a breakup? Are you moving toward marriage or are you moving toward a breakup? Exclusive dating is not a place to camp out in. It's not a place to dwell in. People will put arbitrary time measures around like at least a year, right? You can put whatever arbitrary measure you want to. But just philosophically, just know that exclusive dating is not a place just to be, stay in forever. It needs to be moving somewhere. And either it's moving toward marriage or it's moving toward a breakup. So how do you know if it's moving toward marriage or moving toward a breakup? Well, you evaluate the, the five C's and then you ask this question too. Do I want to commit a lifelong promise to this person? 
Do I want to commit a lifelong promise to this person? The answer may be yes. Great. You move into our engagement to get married. The answer may be no. Great. You break up. And, uh, the answer actually also may be, I don't know yet. And that's why exclusive dating exists. You don't have to know initially. You don't have to know after a little while. Eventually, you do need to know. But it's okay to spend some time figuring that out. That's why exclusive dating exists. Because you don't have to. If somebody could be a great option, and then you start exclusively dating them, and then you realize, man, they're a great person. They're really godly. We're just, we're just not a good fit together. And that's okay. And you can break up in really healthy, amazing, godly ways as well. But you're asking this. Do I want want a lifelong promise to this person. Um, and, not, and you also may not arrive at the same time, um, and, that, and that's okay, and that's why it takes a little bit of time. Even if you're engaged, right? Even if you're in preparation mode, that's going to reveal even more, right? Engagement's going to reveal even more character, chemistry, competency, committed boundaries, community buy-in. Um, and the, the question is this, do I want a lifelong promise to this person, dot, 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 really? Am I sure, right? Do I feel peace about this? Now knowing that now we've been in a season of engagement, do I still want a lifelong promise to this person, right? So as we're wrapping up, so me and Lauren, you know, we, uh, we started exclusively dating and we went through the five C's. Man, and I just thought 1,000% like this is the woman that I want to marry. Like this is, this is it, right? And now we went through the evaluation process and it even took me um, going away and just being able to sit still before the Lord just to hear from him. God, like, is this my wife? Is this the woman that you want me to marry? So then I was able to find an, an insane amount of clarity, was able to come back, tell Lauren I love her for the first time and say, hey, I want to get married. And she said the same thing. And on that day, we basically planned our wedding date of December 5th um, on that day as well. But man, I have been so imperfect in dating. I've been so imperfect in relationships. I've messed up so many times. And God didn't gift me marriage because I deserved it. God gifted me marriage because he's a good God that gives good gifts to people that don't deserve it. I don't deserve to be married, right? But God is so gracious and faith, God is so gracious that he gifts me something that I don't deserve because I messed up so much in dating. It brought so much unclarity and heartache and messiness. And I did um, um, one thing right when I got Lauren, but there was a lot of, lot of messiness before that point. And that's for some of us. Some of us, um, you feel like you don't deserve marriage. And in this series, this is what I want to release you from, of saying, hey, God sees you, God loves you. And if God has gifted you marriage, you're going to get marriage, right? And now there's a human responsibility. And in part, that's what we've been trying to do in the series. Last week, hey, there's an effort, there's an energy. If you want to get married, that goes into dating. But you're not not married because you're not deserving or not worthy. It's because in God's timing, Either he's calling you to singleness or he's not calling you yet to marriage. And right now, that's where many of us find ourselves right now is we're single. And maybe we're single for the rest of our lives and we're going to come to peace with that to find joy. Or maybe we're just single right now. And maybe we're single because we choose to be. We just know, hey, there's things in my heart that I need to work through. And it's not even healthy for me to even start going on discovery or first dates. Um, I just need to be in a season where I'm just really leaning into my safe Christian community, into my life group, developing my safe Christian friends. Um, you know, God and I have some things to figure out. So I want to figure that part out before I try to bring someone else or discover other people. Um, and maybe we're single. And that's such an amazing place to be. I want to read you this quote right here. It's from a woman named Paige Benton Brown. She says this. She says, I am single because God is so abundantly good to me because this is his best for me. I am single because God is so abundantly good to me 
and because this is his best for me. And that's where so many of us, that's where we find ourselves. So if you're single, right? And, and it's been like the last four weeks of the table, it's just been like a punch in the face every single week. It's been really hard, but you're brave and you're, you're here. I just want to tell you, man, um, being single is amazing. And God loves you because it's his best for you. Um, I was talking with, uh, shout out Lisa, you're going to get to meet her in a second. So right, right after the service um, last week, we were talking right over there at the Connection Lounge. Um, and she was saying, like, man, Isaac, this series, it's, it's unlocking some things in people. Like God is going to do some supernatural things um, in this series to give people a vision for marriage, to first identify safe Christian friends, to learn how to date in a really healthy way. Man, like, man, what could it look like if um, just the table just started dating just in a really, really healthy way, not out of hookup culture, not out of like this pressure, like purity culture, just in this really healthy dating way. Do you know the people that do get married? Lives are being changed. Family scripts are getting rewritten, right? Y'all, if we approach relationships, it requires so much trust in Jesus. And part of the, the, the baggage that we have around dating is not because of anything that we did. It's because of the family script that we had for us. We're looking at our parents, right? And their marriage was awful and their relationship was awful. And I think that, G, not the series, but Jesus, Jesus Christ has the power in us for you to rewrite your family script. You get to rewrite your story. Um, you get to do something new in your life where you don't have to repeat the sins of your fathers and your mothers, right? You don't have to repeat the things that have been going on in your family for generations. You can start something brand new. And maybe the something brand new is you just feel so much peace and wholeness and contentment in the singleness that God has gifted you. And you don't have to feel shame or condemnation in that or loneliness in that. And maybe the thing that God wants to do in you is for you to be, um, to date in a really healthy way, to get engaged, to get married, right? And to have children and to be a blessing to the city and be a blessing to your future children and their future children and their future children and their future children. And by the mere fact of having children, you're blessing hundreds and thousands of people. And it starts today and it starts right now with what God is doing in you um, and through us. And this is why we wanted to have this series. This is, I want to rewrite family scripts for you. And Jesus wants to rewrite family scripts for you. So here's how we're going to respond. Um, I want us to, we're going to sing in a second and the band's going to come back up um, and we're just going to sing. And I don't know how anything I just said landed with you. I have no idea, but God knows, right? And you're processing and you're thinking in your heart, like you're feeling things. So I just want you to be able to sing and, our, and even if you can't sing, as Jarian said earlier, just stand with arms open, um, hands raised, just whatever you need to do just to reflect and process on what God is doing in you in regards to relationships. I just want to give a space to process. So I'm going to pray, and then the band's going to come out, and we'll sing. Father, God, we love you. God, we're so grateful for you. Father, in the name of Jesus and the power of your Holy Spirit, God, I'm right to praying right now that the Spirit is on our hearts. God, in rewriting our story right now in the second and the trauma that we've experienced and the hardships we've experienced and the, 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 tr the trials we've experienced in regard, the hurt that we've experienced in regards to relationships, God, you want to set us free. That we no longer live under the guilt and shame of what we've done. We no longer have to feel like anxiety, although I know that's such a normal feeling around dating, God. You want to free us and you want to do something new in us in regards to relationships, God. And my prayer is that here at the table, we have the 
healthiest, strongest, most faithful, mature, young adult Christians that are here, God, that have such abundantly strong relationships and friendships and safe Christian friendships. And from those safe Christian friendships, God, for those of us that desire to get married, God, start adding in dating in a really healthy way. First dates of discovery and exclusive dating in a really healthy way and engagement, God, and then in marriage, God, and you are rewriting our stories. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.